0: Hello and welcome to episode one of How Not, the brand new podcast hosted by me Luca Manning
1: and me Kim Makari.
0: We are two gobby Scottish creatives that like to talk about the big stuff. We thought you might like to listen. So here we are. Our podcast is here to remind you to always be good troublemakers. Think big and ask, how not? So, here we find ourselves. Here we are. And um, this is all very fun and exciting and it's happened it's all happened very fast (laughs) it's Um, been whirlwind but i feel like actually it's it's kind of been written in the the stars for some time and uh yeah i'm really glad that we're doing it i think me and kim both have similar um passions for getting down to the nitty-gritty and and also having a bit of a bit of a laugh along the way and and we're both creative folk that like to like to chat about stuff
1: well, we'll soon find out, right? This might like fall flat.
0: Yeah, yeah. Th- this is very much a a test drive. <laughs> yeah. Not that I know, I can't believe I'm using driving um, analogies already because I don't drive and I have no uh, kind of aspiration to drive. But um, <laughs> this is very much the pilot. Yeah. Um, and if it if it um all flops, then you'll never hear of us again.
1: Yeah, because I th- I definitely there is no one I find funnier than myself. But this is gonna test. <laughs> That's if, brilliant. If anyone else thinks the same. Just putting
0: that out there from the get go, <laughs> yeah. um I God, I feel quite inadequate now. I feel like if Oh I just made you laugh, it's fine. Like, <laughs> if that hadn't happened, then I would have been quite worried.
1: And we're in central London, aren't we? That's we very are. exciting for this me. This is
0: um Kim, how many trips to central London have you done?
1: This is my first one in a year. So the oh. first one since lockdown hit. A year ago, a year ago. That is, believe it.
0: Quite depressing, but also quite amazing. I mean, central London is it the place to be? I don't know. You have you have your dog and your parks and your yeah nice um fish.
1: But yeah, dead fish, not live fish. <laughs> <laughs> fish that I eat, not fish that yeah, I care for. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's that's me in a nutshell, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's I've enjoyed it. I, you know, what I've really enjoyed is um like planning an outfit and putting on clothes and then going out the house.
0: I must say, um, look out for the visual drop of this episode if it ever makes it out into the world because (laughs) Kim's coordination is on point (laughs) and she is sporting statement rings, knuckle dusters. We have this beautiful statement necklace piece beaded and glasses and we're all matching and and a beautiful... Do you know wham. what? I've just realised... Wham! We've got a wham top. I almost thought Kim was a bit flashy, but hey, we love Good it. Don't um, Also, we're both wearing dungarees and we didn't even talk about that. We didn't even talk about it. And I've just realised...
1: So I think that that proves this is going to be a success. Seals the deal with yeah. dungarees. Exactly. Brilliant. Um, so yeah, when did... I was trying to think before we did this, when we first met.
0: I was also thinking about this and I think I remember... One of my earliest memories of you is that you facilitated this workshop for um, a jazz from Scotland thing. And it was like a career development workshop. And me and like a bunch of the young jazzers in Glasgow had bunked school to come to this workshop because we're, um, yeah, punk as fuck. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, my mum at 13 bunked school to get a tattoo for 50p off some crusty punk. And there was me bunking school to come to a career development workshop. workshop. (laughs) Um, so that just shows how things have changed. Um, but yeah, I think it was that. And then nice. just kind of general crossing paths.
1: Now we're part of the Scottish Creatives in London yes. tribe. Yes, yes. Right?
0: Which is a beautiful tribe to Isn't be it? part of. I'm very um, proud of that tribe. Yeah,
1: definitely. So then how old were you when you came to that workshop?
0: I don't know. Well, I guess I was still in school, obviously. But, but then I was playing jazz, so... I probably got into jazz around 15. then. Maybe I was like 16, 17. Nice. Um, I mean, to be honest, 17, 18, I probably wasn't going to school that much anyway sure. by that point. I was um, drinking and playing jazz.
1: Going to professional development and, yeah, courses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going, how am
0: I going to take <laughs> over the world playing a music that a very you know, minute amount of people are actually into and willing to pay for? Um Yeah.
1: And now, then you got all the answers, and like here you are. So. Yeah, now here I am. World Great.
0: domination, baby. Perfect. Here Perfect. we go. Um,
1: so what are we going to talk about today, Luca?
0: Well, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because when we decided to do this whole shenanigan, I feel like we had enough content to, you know, until, you know, cradle to grave, really. Yeah. Um, which was really exciting, but for this episode, you know, we we've really gone through it in the world this past week and a bit. There's been a lot. Um, to unpack and to um, there's just been a lot of shit going on, and we felt it was important to kind of um give our topmost worth and and shed light on some of the stuff that's been happening, and talk about it. So ultimately, we wanted to kick off by talking about this monstrosity of a of a bill being proposed by, pretty Patel in Parliament, and um, maybe talk about you know, the the timing of this bill coming about, what's been happening in the world yep. surrounding it and um, why we think it's a piece of dog shit.
1: Yes, it is a piece of dog shit, isn't it? Um, yeah, because, I mean, you're right, it's been a pretty rough week or so, isn't it? It mm. feels like... And that is saying something based on the last year. Right, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I think, Do you know, I was having a conversation with, with someone yesterday about... D- when the big crisis like this happens, sometimes governments can use it as a, a sort of ignition point to bring in lots of new rules. And, mm. and you know, they've said, right, you know, we've looked after you through this thing and now we're going to have to do all this new stuff. And I, I think we're definitely starting to see that now. Things are coming in, yeah. you know, not just with this bill, which is huge and absolutely mental, uh, but just you know more more gradually we're going to see you know people have been confined to their houses for like a year even if they get 80% of their freedom back they're going to be delighted mm. that means if you're a sort of malevolent government you can take keep back that 20% and yes. you can like you can add little things to make sure people are more more easily monitored, more easily, you know, kept track of, and everyone is just thinking, oh, well, at least we're not trapped in our houses, exactly. you know? Exactly. Like really, the bare minimum. Exactly. And so we have to be really vigilant about these things sort of sneaking in,
0: you Yeah, know? I think it is really calculated, and especially with the kind of current... Well, well first of all, I think that the pandemic and lockdown has, has just really shown the, the class divide across the country and across the world, really... Um and you know people that have suffered the most and uh, you know due to lockdown measures and industry shutdown, uh, etc., are working class folk and um people that are in much more precarious situations than those kind of um work from home, tidy middle class and upper class folk. So I think ultimately we we've been living in this time for a year anyway. That's really shown that. But also I think. We're, we, we need to be hyper vigilant, and, and the government is worried about seeing this kind of new in vertical commas woke kind of awakening of people and renewed sense of activism because people have had more time to to get into tune and get involved in their communities at a grassroots level which is yep. amazing don't get me wrong and obviously social media and sharing information but the government is very aware that there's this renewed sense of activism and people and people are caring about shit more Yep. therefore we're seeing like they did not waste time on this bill, like, the the hint, you know, as soon as Extinction Rebellion showed up, Resurgence in the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, and then this Sisters Uncut movement, we, we've we literally seen this bill, like, push through, right through, you know, yep. just a total attempt at, like, it needs to get done now. Because yep. they are freaking out.
1: Absolutely. Well, the whole... The worst time to be a, like... Conservative government is during a time of global pandemic where you're forced to look after your people right. and enact kind of like the bare minimum of kind of socialist measures of care. Yeah, yeah, so th- as time's gone on, they've they've grown more and more resentful of being forced to do this, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, they could have done a lot more, but they've you know, but they they've done some stuff which really goes against their own ideology. So they're already angry about that. Mm-hmm. Then, like you say, everyone's at home. People are. I've got more time to. To read about stuff and to find out about stuff, and there is this renewed sense of activism. The government's terrified because there's power in that, and so they've yeah. got they're like right, we've got to shut this right down. And I I think you're right. The the force with which this bill's been well, they've tried to really push this through. This is like all the hallmarks of really nefarious sort of legislation where you've got like this three hundred odd page bill that is like impenetrable yeah. and halfway through in the middle halfway down a page is the really dark stuff mm. that, that is easy to just shovel through with all the other stuff which makes perfect sense whatever the stuff that people might not argue about you know so some of this bill is about you know we're going to improve the way that we prosecute domestic uh abuse oh and no one's going to argue that everyone's going to be like that's great and then further down you get to the stuff about protests and the stuff about mm. traveling communities yeah 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 and it's like this is so dark. And it passed its first and second reading. It didn't just sneak past. No. It was like there was a lot of support for this book. Yeah.
0: And what's interesting like within the, the Tory party is is where are all those backbench Tory MPs that um, scream about free speech? You know what yeah. I mean? All those right-wingers that defend at every opportunity the right to you know, be as misogynistic, as transphobic, as they, as racist as they like under the banner of free speech. Mm-hmm. Where are they now yeah. when it comes to defending the right to protest? Because this is like, you know, I've seen this article recently about the bill that, you know, it's all part of the kind of Tory war and the kind of liberal elite, you know, they they hate this kind of, as we were talking about, the renewed sense of activism and people actually giving a shit about stuff. They hate that. Yeah. And I think it is sinister and it is calculated. As you say on the face of it, you go, oh, Yeah, of course, we need to do something about these things, so that's great, we'll pass that bill. But hidden are so many crucial, crucial um, clauses that are going to seriously affect our society and and, and our ability to change things.
1: Yeah, and it's this thing of, like, it's really easy for the narrative to be, like, well, if you're not doing anything wrong, then you're fine, you have nothing Mm. to worry about. Mm. Yeah,
0: but the goalposts of what we define as wrong have moved significantly. And it's
1: someone else deciding what's right and wrong. Yeah, I
0: mean we're talking about handing the, the government... We're talking about state-funded violence, really, yeah. or like police violence. You know, what we... Because just going back to the Sarah Everett case, right, I think that in itself is important to acknowledge that Sarah is a human being yeah. with folk that knew her and loved her and yeah. need to grieve her. So I do think there's a certain amount of, of being careful about how we politicise someone's death in, in hindsight or whatever. But... What cannot be argued is that at that vigil, there was absolute, you know, just an explicit display of police violence and and brutality against people that were mourning and demonstrating and, you know, well within their rights. So I think what we're talking about here is the state giving more money and more power to people that are already perpetuating, you know, Violence on vulnerable people and marginalised people in our society. So it's just yet again handing over more power to the wrong people and yeah. and veiled as keeping us safe. You know, yeah. the 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 ultimate narrative is that the police keep us safe. The police keep us safe, but not when they're murdering folk. Not when they're you know like corrupt. Not when they, do you know. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's really just yeah. Well, no that, I mean, that's
1: the thing. That's this. Those are the hallmarks, right? It's like um. More funding to the police, more funding to defence, more funding to Mm. nuclear weapons. Yeah. Just renewed Trident again. Yeah. Brilliant. Great idea, everyone. Um, Store it up
0: in Scotland. Brilliant.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So just wipe Scotland out, and that'll be your problem solved if something goes wrong. And then you further push out the already vulnerable, marginalised people because mm. all of this stuff hits them hardest, as it always does. And then you defund all of the social and welfare measures that keep people safe. This is—I remember I was talking to um, my best friend has twins, um, and and they're quite little. And there was, I think the police car went past or something, and and I said something like, "What do the police do?" Mm. And then, that, like after I'd said it, I was like, "Hang on, what is the answer that you yeah. give to, uh, like, uh, what did the fire service do? Is a lot easier. What's the ambulance service? Do? It's so easy." And I was like, "What do the police do?" Because I think like that na- that binary narrative of like good people and bad people is mm. obviously bananas and wrong. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, actually, I- let's not talk about this, kids. We'll talk about this
0: later. <laughs> it's so tough because you know we're talking about. A system we're talking about an institution we're talking about something that's so institutionalized and so rooted in you know a, a kind of misuse and misdirection of power that yep. it's so difficult to, to unpick but then you know I say that and then last night I was watching Angela Davis speak about abolition prison abolition and it and it kind of it's not that difficult actually when we talk about root causes of crime and, mm. and, and what justice actually should mean yep. and talking about reformation and funding education and, and giving people the best start in life yep. so that we, but ultimately that's going to mean people that have got power and wealth handing some of that over and of course you know we're a far cry from, from seeing that.
1: Yeah definitely and it's all the, the history of policing is the history of sort of crowd control isn't it and and it's it's never about kind of improving conditions for everyone it's about improving conditions for a small group of people yeah. who don't want to see you know bad things happen in their peripheries so mm-hmm. we can protect those middle class people but and then you know if you look to the states then it's just it very quickly was a way to transition slavery into legalized slavery yeah. is to use the prison system.
0: Yeah, and privatization, making people making money, people have stakes in yeah. that system, you know?
1: And a lot of this bill, when you really dig into it, a lot of the stuff the kind of the worst stuff is this increase in prison sentencing yeah. for things. Yeah. Where you've got like maximum prison terms of like three months for a lot of things and that they've now bumped to twelve months.
0: Yeah, I read somewhere that you can now get up to 10 years for um, vandalising a, a statue. Yeah. So uh, what we've seen with Edward Colson statue, which was actually a f- moment that I will remember forever in my life. I, I was so, as I'm sure most people were, you know, just so moved by that scene. And, and, and I think that now you could get more jail time for something like that than harassment or um, stalking or you know which is actually the kind of laws we need to be looking at to make women safer in light of everything that's been happening yeah um it just seems absolutely backward and bonkers
1: and i think you really have to worry when when laws are passed that just increase the number of people in prisons and increase the amount of time they spend in prison what What is is the long-term effect of that it 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 benefits no one apart from the people that profit from that system exactly so these people their lives are are even more damaged there's you know any kind of reference to rehabilitation is is really for the most part superficial oh yeah
0: or non-existent or non-existent
1: and then when you do leave prison the impact on how you how are you supposed to function for the rest of your life Mm. and how are you supposed to kind of the the societal idea of people who've been in prison is to kind of ostracise them when they come back out. And Mm -hmm. this is like, we're looking, all of these prison terms are for non-violent crimes. They're for, like, um, the noise levels of a protest. Yeah, this
0: one really worries me. And I remember sending it to you um, that that specifically um, really harkered back to that um, Criminal Justice Act of 94. You know, we're talking, like, Thatcher, era Britain And this is really what shaped club culture as we know it today. It was the birth of the kind of illegal rave scene in um, the pirate radio that, that kind of communicated um, scene to scene throughout that. And, and this, what was the, the phrase that, um, so this Criminal Justice Act in 94 gave the police power to shut down any event featuring music that's characterised by the omission of a success characterized by the emission of a succession of repetitive beats <laughs> which i just find utterly fucking <laughs> hilarious anyway you can just hear the the kind of tory voice in which that is meant to be said can't you um but you know this actually led to a huge huge um protest scene you know party as a protest yep. such a an important moment in in history here in the UK and i think you know i watched that amazing film beats which is all about the kind of scottish response in the legal rave culture in scotland and we think illegal rave and we think a bunch of kind of hedonistic young people taking mdma but actually if we look at it like folk were out marching folk were partying in parliament square using music and like edm and um music and community that kind of community vibe that kind of tribal vibe of coming together to say it is our right to party and it is our right to be free and to live how we want and to do that growing up soul searching thing and you know I think a I crackdown on that, you know, in terms of noise and the the emission of repetitive beats, is just something that we do not want in our society. And that that um, new aspect of the bill really kind of harked. Oh yeah, to me, to definitely. Me to
1: and this was well, the thing of like realizing that culture and art is a really uh, like important force for changing the world. Yeah. And and kind of governments that are. Right wing governments are aware of that. And that this is when you really start to see. I mean, you look at like the the rules that the Soviet Union had against like the types of literature you were allowed to write and types right. of art you were allowed to create. And if you adhered to those policies, you were kind of revered as the sort of, you know, the great cultural um products of the Soviet Union. And if you defied it, you were, you know, destroyed. Exiled. And you know whenever you see kind of legislation, which is about that target specific art forms in the yeah. way that that bill does or specific kind of activities like that, it's really frightening because it's, yeah. it's really hard to, to go back from this, to, to roll back things that once they're kind of set in motion like this, it's a, I think we're getting the sense of a path that is a very dangerous path to go down.
0: Yeah. It was really interesting. This is something I was thinking about as well this morning. Um, as I was formulating my yoghurt and banana and oats and, yeah, um, just painting a picture <laughs> for you all, what I think about while I'm munching on my <laughs> breakfast. Um, I'm thinking, okay, so the the kind of um, beautiful intersection between music and other art forms and protest. So protest song being the most kind of, you know, explicit example, but... What you know? I was thinking marches that are going in that that kind of sense of like call and response and chanting and making a fucking racket and yeah. bashing your pots and pans and shouting until you're hoarse and and actually you know not only are you taking up space physically but you're making sound and you're 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 you know collectively making sound mm-hmm. and and sit to you know like drum drum bands like leading the pride march or whatever you know they, these are kind of vital parts of protest and they're they're what really stop and make people turn around and and see what's going on and I think that's a really really sneaky thing about noise levels they're really really kind of again calculated they know exactly what they're trying to target there and Mm -hmm. the thought that next time you're out protesting and you're you're shouting and screaming that you could be you know at the hands of serious kind of police aggression because Mm -hmm. of that that is so worrying to me. Like
1: definitely, because I think it's this, this. I would this. have been in
0: jail for fucking years by now. If I'd, <laughs> do you know what I mean?
1: And it's like this idea that a democracy means that you're allowed to vote in an election, and then that's the end of your say. Right. And that's absolutely not how the world. Yeah. Once work.
0: once the government's in power, you you, you need just to shut, shut up. up now. Yeah.
1: And then we'll we'll tell you what to do. It's for me, that's
0: not. when the work starts. Definitely. Because quite often we are not given. <laughs> The candidate that we want, anyway. So exactly. then you need to work twice as hard once these people are in power yep. to actually hold them to account. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that's like, yeah, the noise thing is is really sinister. And some of the wording that they've changed, like I was looking through the the proposed bill, which is like I think we'll add, we'll link to it, and it's mm-hmm. pretty like pretty wordy. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: I must say shout out to Kim because <laughs> she's actually like sift, raked like through. right through this bill, <laughs> but like and I've just kind of sat and it passed. Off. <laughs>
1: but like the so there's like clauses or sections 54 to 60 are the are the really scary ones for protests and it's it's essentially that they're proposing amendments to well the public order act of 86 for a start so that that kind of details what the existing laws are around protest which is like when can the police intervene on a protest so bef- currently the law that we have now there's rules in place about the police can intervene if there is kind of serious property damage, serious disruption to the life of the community, serious public disorder. That's already pretty vague, yeah. right? So that there's already scope there for someone to, to make the call. Yeah. yeah, But now what they, this new bill wants to add um, is that if the noise generated causes disruption to organisations in the vicinity. So if... That's- there's a building nearby with workers, and it's disrupting their work. Then that's caused to like cancel the protest.
0: This is absolutely um, the government's attack on Extinction Rebellion, Correct. isn't it?
1: Because it's this is and there's there's other but other clauses to be added that clearly reference the fact they don't want these protests anywhere near them, um, and it says that if a if the noise may result in intimidation or harassment of persons of reasonable firmness. What um, and may cause serious unease alarm or distress serious unease so so just to confirm this this legislates against feeling uneasy that, that, that you shouldn't ever you know what
0: I mean I'm so. I, all my brain's going is like absolute classic from the Tories like you can just yeah. all that kind of uptight right wingers kind of squirming a little bit because someone's shouting you're a fucking knobhead bed. <laughs> do you know what I mean exactly. and that, and therefore we're all going to get put in the back of our van yep. do you know what I mean yep, exactly. that is essentially what we're talking about here
1: and then it sort of sneaks in um, that the Secretary of State can also make those decisions so oh, pretty Patel has made sure that throughout she's been given the power to like make the calls on this and then actually more more sinister is a really small amendment that's that they want to broaden the term of what someone so there's After it states the things you're not allowed to do, but then states how you determine if someone's guilty of these things and what Mm. you do with them. And they want to broaden how they define someone who's guilty. So the current laws are to do with if you knowingly or kind of recklessly disobey these rules. And they want to take out knowingly. So... They. Right. It doesn't matter if uh, what your intent is, and it doesn't matter if you know the rules or not. You are you. are to be punished. And I think that's really important. You know, this is how powerful language is. That you remove one word and suddenly a law is the very whole different. The meaning has changed. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, there's there's lots of this stuff about noise, and then then it talks about the fact that um, the pri- the maximum prison term is going to go up from three months to fifty one weeks if you're too loud. At a protest a year in prison if you're too loud to protest
0: and, and think uh, what we were saying earlier like to think what that would do to someone's life right
1: exactly and and because a lot of these i mean if you think about the the types of people who well you well what you want in the big protest is is a, is a collection of people from all different walks of life but you, you're going to see these these are going to be used to as they do now kind of there's going to be an imbalance of the way that people are prosecuted. Oh,
0: 100%. Yeah, as there already is a disproportionate amount of police violence on those who it shouldn't be. You, yeah. know, you know, yeah, it's only going to reinforce yeah. the, this um, disproportionate amount of police violence exactly. on the people that, that need it the least. <laughs> or no one should, but, you know, it's, it's going to be horrible. And
1: then it talks about that they... Essentially, there's rules about obstructing access to Parliament Square. So, basically, you can't protest in yeah. the garden of Parliament Square, but what they're proposing is that they they extend that really significantly to, like, Cannon Row, the whole of Parliament Street, Derby Gate, the entirety of the square, basically so that no protest can get anywhere near the Parliament. I mean, Parliament
0: this, is, this, for me, is, like, the whole Churchill statue bullshit of covering that up and all that. You know, this is, like, imperialist Britain at its finest. You know, yes. Yeah it's the the we are so precious that we can't you know you cannot touch us yeah because we are the state and we're sitting up here in a very important crumbling house of commons and you can't get anywhere near us like because we've seen it like you know i've been you know personally just such a resurgence in the protests i've attended throughout you know from the summer onwards and yeah, I've been down to Parliament Square more times than I ever have before living in London, just because there's been so much shit to shout about. Yeah. Um. And yeah, no wonder they're scared because you know, and been to many protests so heavily policed around that area as well. It's been getting worse and worse. So, yep. Yeah. I'm not surprised by it, but it is incredibly worrying when we're talking about cordoning off like huge amounts of of space that people gather and yep. find sense of community and activism and yeah.
1: It's exactly. Worrying. And I, what we, they talk, what's amazing is that they talk about, yeah, the noise thing. They talk about the fact that the noise is disruptive, but also that it scares people. Well, if anyone's ever seen a House of Commons debate, the animalistic noise <laughs> yes. that that room makes is yeah. it's really frightening. Yeah. I think it's more sort of this sort of jeering, the kind of nastiness. And I remember someone, I think some an American commentating on like a political commentator mentioning how weird it is that the UK Parliament has that those weird like allowances for people to be like banging stuff yeah. and shouting, and it's like it's like a it's like a mob. It yeah. sounds like a mob, and like and it's like well that causes me serious unease. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't totally. know why you're allowed to do it in well, there. Also,
0: I think because it's slightly you know for me it's more like a kind of boys' club debating society. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very kind of like. Toffs get rowdy, you know, yeah. and it's like okay, so that type of noise is acceptable, okay. yeah. But the other type of noise that you know, much more kind of just grassroots activism, direct yeah. action, yeah. that's not allowed.
1: And like breastfeeding not allowed. Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. No, we lud- can't ludicrous. have that. Yeah, can't. Uh, have that. And you're not allowed like to wear t-shirts with yeah. writing on it. But but that noise is fine. It's like it. It's so so explicit that there's like. These are people in up in the high castle mm. where the rules don't apply, or there's a special set of rules, and everyone else is. As them, yeah, yeah, totally. It's like it's, and then after the after the protest bit, which has got quite a lot of rightly quite a lot of kind of press coverage mm. about it, is are the the clauses that are with reference to the, the gypsy and Romanian traveller right. community, which is really frightening as well. So it's like. What they want to do is kind of introduce this kind of passport for travelers. So you, mm. what they want is to sort of monitor everyone in the traveler community. So they kind of want to have a legitimate group of traveling community that have have documentation, um, and you have to be able to prove where you've been and how how often you move around. And at the moment, if they kind of if they move people on from a site. They aren't allowed to return for three months, and what they want to do is increase that to twelve months. But almost the most worrying thing that I saw was that they they want to introduce the right to seize vehicles. Yeah. Now let remember that that's their home. Yeah, that is their home, and they want take. Yeah, they want to right. So th- what they're doing is kind of knowingly creating homelessness yeah. to a group of people. and I, when um when I, I went to the the sisters uncut um meeting that they had the other the other day online. And there's a really amazing speaker from uh, the Traveller community talking about the fact that there is a real accepted prejudice against the Traveller yeah. community. And we've all, we're have all we all complicit in some way of kind of allowing that to continue as a kind of accepted mm-hmm. form of, of kind of um, discrimination. Um, and she talked about the fact that if you... If you live on a traveller site and, and there's a medical emergency and they call for an ambulance, there's been cases where they send the police first and so people die because the, the, the ambulance doesn't get there in time. And there's there's just so much, already so much state violence that goes on with mm-hmm. regard to those people that have, that have rich histories for centuries of yeah. living here. Um, all this stuff is about really determining the right way to live you know this these are the right jobs you should have and the right amount of income yeah. and the right places you should live and the right things you should like and the right art you should enjoy and if you deviate from that there will be a consequence like that's really really scary
0: and and again you know just hearing um you speak you know we're talking about yet again more power to the police who are already perpetuating violence against these communities yeah. so we're, we're, we're layering on top of you know this is nothing new for nope. these people it's important to recognise that because as this conversation you know there's a lot of things to acknowledge as this conversation has come out in the mainstream press and first of all massive shout out to Sisters Uncut and all the kind of grassroots um, organisations that have um, formed this coalition who are really at the forefront of the direct action that we've seen against this bill I think it's really inspiring And um, but also a lot of this conversation that came into the mainstream can be incredibly triggering for folk that mm-hmm. have suffered, you know? Um so I think it's it's up to everyone to to shape how they want to navigate their own kind of protest in this um in this time. But equally, yeah, I just think it's so dangerous that we're talking about stuff that's already ongoing, stuff that we're already trying to fight back against, getting worse. Get worse. Now, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. So as you've said, you know, with that horrific example of like Police cars come in before ambulances. You know this is happening already. Yeah. And we're now talking about taking away homes and and seizing vehicles and, you know, there's something like a trespassing law that's yep. kind of the wording they use, isn't mm-hmm. it? And it's like, it's horrific. You know, yep. these are people that have a right to be here. I've been here. I, you know, are human beings. Exactly. You know, yeah. At, at a very base level, it's just ridiculous.
1: And a lot of that, the that the sisters' uncut meeting that they um, convened was about this kind of idea that all of this stuff kind of creates this hierarchy of worth mm. about how how much someone is worth and that yeah. there's a real difference and that and that really that needs that needs to be rewritten but it already exists and this is just going to make it even worse and actually one of the things they've added in is this idea of single person protests so um you can if you on your own are having a shout near parliament about something. You it will be treated as if there's a you know a 10,000 strong protest about it and so you can still be jailed for what? 10 years or whatever. Um so so essentially that
0: might clean up some of the Bible bashers. <laughs> I was like
1: exactly <laughs> like oh maybe no. Um and so essentially it's like how can we wipe out dissent in mm-hmm. all forms um, so that the only thing we have to worry about are the general elections. And they they pretty much go in our favor anyway, so we'll just like leave exactly. Them
0: there, you know? That's the thing, isn't it? That's that's it, you know. And I th- but I think this does affect everyone. You know, when we're talking about you know, like, I absolutely is trying to display levels of worth, but it, it's this is why I really want to shout about this and and why we're here today. It's like this affects everyone. Like yeah. we would not have even the small freedoms that we do now have, mm-hmm. and that we're still actively trying to, you know keep in place without protest right you know like we are really talking about serious serious change throughout history being enacted through protest yeah people coming together and making a difference and sometimes we forget that most basic principle of power to the people you know we really and this is exactly when it needs to show up. You know, mm-hmm. we need to show up for each other because actually, ultimately, this really does affect all of us. And even if it didn't, I'd still be saying we need to show up. But like, this is seriously a universal thing that like we are all going to, we all have this human right and we exactly. all will will be using it. And and, and yeah.
1: It's like, the, yeah, because you're right. It's about civil disobedience. And it's about when there's an imbalance of power, how many examples are there where the those that hold the power voluntarily give it away? Oh, Very few. Yeah. So it has to be taken. So this is a protest and civil disobedience. Huge, you know, are, are to be, you know, commended for huge movements in history. But it seems like there's a period of time that we have to go through and then it kind of neutralizes their impact. So government and kind of people in power are happy to celebrate people that, you know, Acted in civilly disobedient ways or protested, as long as it's far enough away. After
0: the fact, yeah. yeah so it's 100%. like the
1: suffragettes. Oh, well done, everyone. They're saying now, well, they weren't saying that then. Rosa well, Parks, we can enjoy her as this like figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except you wouldn't be, have been doing that then. It's just like we yeah. need like 50 years of or a hundred years of a gap, and then we can start thinking... That well, then we have
0: the whole, you know, terrorist freedom fighter yep. argument as well. You know, it's like, at the time, you know, I mean, well, how many people on the Tory benches were a part of the anti-apartheid movement? Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. And 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 now they probably will say whatever they want, like, you know, or, or they won't. But I think that is something that's really important. It's like what we are seeing right now in terms of the government's language in the press around people that protest... You know, the these are these people are doing nothing different from the very people that we celebrate in public holiday or or that we hold, you know, memor quite rightly kind of memorials for or whatever you know, yep. and the government will happily stand there and mm-hmm. pay respect. So it's very important to realise that you know this is something that's happened throughout human history, definitely, and it's not something that's new and crazy and wild and nope. woke. It's like a basic basic it
1: happens all the time there's a way there's a real way that history can sterilize things and mm. the, the people who kind of write historical accounts can can neutralize and sterilize events um that make them undo
0: uh, dare it, we say you yeah know, like. yeah
1: and so now it's very easy to sort and well and they do it very successfully to demonize uh protesters yeah. um especially to so look at black lives matter and look at extinction rebellion there's there's you can see it in the media and in the in the words of politicians how you want they want to separate those from what they would class as like normal we're talking to the people yeah. look at these like naughty mm. kind of like loudmouth like troublemakers mm. all they want to do is like stop the traffic and cause a nonsense and like it's really easy to point to them as a bad group and that's yeah. what they're doing but it, but like you say, a bill like this is so is so all encompassing that it doesn't it do, you wouldn't have to imagine far beyond yourself to think, oh yeah, that would affect me even totally. if I've never, you know, never been on a protest or I've never done this. It's like, yeah, but this is this sort of has tentacles everywhere that mm-hmm. like pulls into everything. Like the one I was read rereading this statement that Pratt Patel made after the vigil. And she said, what happened remind, has reminded women of the steps they've got to take to keep themselves safe. How sinister is that?
0: That's horrific. Like,
1: are you joking?
0: And, and 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 I think, I mean, just about every word that comes out of Pretty Patel's mouth, I would bet all my life savings that I'm going to disagree with anyway, but it, it still, you know, never fails to astound me. That you have this woman as the home secretary, like actively dismantling any kind of hope that we have in the <laughs> world, and and really just inflicting violence upon violence, you know, and you know whether it's migrant deportations, whether it's this, you know, saying women need to keep themselves, <laughs> yeah. to, like talk about like victim blaming of the yeah, highest yeah. degree, you know, yeah. all this shit that we are constantly thinking new gen- generations are going to be fighting against. It's just look at the people in power and and we are just not there. No. We are not there. And this is an act of rollback yet again. Yeah. But, you know, the vigil, what we saw, regardless of how you want to interpret who, what, where, why, when, what we saw in terms of the police moving in and actively, you know, tackling people to the ground and and inflicting force and and, everything that, that, that happened and how it unfolded, was an act of state violence in my eyes, there's no question about it. And 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 was an an act to crack down on the very thing that this bill was trying to crack down upon. You yeah. Know?
1: And if I so if I'm, if I put myself in the position of, say, uh Prati Patel or the Dick when when you realise this vigil's gonna take place and it's and it's a vigil um this focused on the death of a of a woman at the hands of a man mm-hmm. the hands of a man who works for the metropolitan yeah. police force yeah. as well um but has has ignited a much larger conversation about the safety of women right and about um the kind of statistics around violence and the sort of the normalization of women's kind of lived experience of safety mm-hmm. and so you okay so all that's happened and uh, even if you are detached from real life, you you will have clocked that that's happening. And then then the vigil's happening, and, and so you're like, right, so we, we have to make sure there's a police presence. Now, surely, surely you would be like, okay, let's all just try our best not to like behave badly here, because mm-hmm. all eyes are on us, the police force and the government, and this is a vigil um, which is a really emotionally kind of raw experience and talks about big, big issues. So the one thing I'm gonna tell you to do is not exert any force yeah. on a totally. woman. That's the one that's your one job. Yeah. Surely someone would have mentioned that. Yeah. And and it's like it almost felt like they were like doubling down. Like, yeah. no, you're not gonna believe us. Yeah, that's us.
0: what it looked like. That yeah, it almost went times two rather yeah. than back. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we're
1: not gonna be criticized, no. Yeah. Like this is what we're gonna do. And it's like and then there's there was that stuff that came out about the 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 woman, yeah, the the those really sort of powerful images of the yeah, of the woman yeah, 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 kind yeah. of being squashed, saying that oh she's she's an actor and she's not real and all this stuff to like discredit her and stuff. It's like it's it's really astounding that like at every turn no one ever says we were wrong. Yeah. Or Th- no one accepts responsibility for yeah. any of this. Mm-hmm. Like, I know, I know it's it's a really difficult thing, and but you th- these statements when you read them, n- no one says we apologise. Pratibha Patel said, "I realise some of these images were upsetting." That's like when someone says, "I'm sorry if you felt yeah, yeah, I offended yeah. you." Oh, the classic. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like
0: I'm sorry. That's how you feel. And you know? and what
1: and this is like that's how they. That's how they maintain power is by never admitting any responsibility. And what what kind of role models are those for people growing up and mm. trying to understand how you are a sort of moral, you know, whole person that the best way is to you just shut down. Yeah. You're just like, No, I'm not gonna address this. It's like it's really scary. And I saw just before we started recording there was an an article saying that it's likely Krista Dick's um contract's not going to be renewed, they're gonna get rid of her.
0: Well I mean that should have happened the day after, you know.
1: Yeah. Uh, but also I mean that's not going to fix it.
0: No, it's not. And and I think when we talk about trying to fix a lot of the problems that we have, um there's this kind of thing, you know, someone spoke to me recently and they kind of compared it to like a leaky roof because a lot of what we're talking about is so systemic and institutionalized yeah. and you know we we patch up you know, like a leaky roof, we keep patching up and like, the roof needs to fall mm-hmm. to be rebuilt, you know? And ultimately there's just too much toxicity and corruption in our power structures at the moment that, you know, the the people who need, you know, the people that are having the hardest time at the hands of those in power, it's, it's getting worse and worse now because there's a crackdown happening rather than... And simply removing a few rotten apples is not going to actually, like, remove the rotten roots, right? No. It's not going to actually... Exactly. Uproot what needs to be uprooted. And I
1: think with the, and and conversely, I think we all understand that there are there are good, you know, well intentioned people within the police force. There's well intentioned people within the right. The, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The politics. But they're the, at the,
0: the mercy policy. of a contract and a system right. and a job that. There's
1: only so much you can do. Exactly. Everyone's hands are tied. And like like you were saying about the kind of leaky roof thing. Like I was. I was there's a really good book called The End of Policing, which we oh, should probably yeah. have a whole episode on actually, but. Um, that talked about kind of one of the ways that American police forces have tried to address um the you know, historical kind of racial violence that is racial discrimination of the police is to kind of have kind of recruitment drives to make sure there are more black and Latino um, Oh yeah, people working. People working the within yeah, the system, yeah. and then they've done studies and and it's shown that there is no difference in the rates of violence or to the targeted groups if you do that.
0: Yeah, because the system's put in place in such a way that right. this would still happen. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. and
1: the, and the, a job like that attracts a certain type of person mm-hmm. with a certain. You know, I mean, there's like, it's so and and also i think you you can waste so much energy trying to fix a broken system and it will come to nothing you know
0: also like if you think about people's relationship with the police like as like the people attracted to the police force are not going to be those that understand police violence firsthand I, i would take a punt and say you know like like we're talking about sex workers, travelers, migrants, people of color, queer people, like that. That really, and and women. I think there's a real deeply rooted in historical distrust of, of the police in these communities and, and for good reason and therefore to simply think that all these people are going to be queuing up outside the met like looking for a job and that's going to fix the problems it's just bullshit like yeah. who want like i've never thought oh well, maybe i'll go and be a policeman i don't want to be a part of that bullshit system you yeah know i mean that i honestly like understand that on a personal level so you know what why why is that a solution it's yeah. just not
1: and actually on the you mentioned sex workers there one of the there's been a oh yeah let's talk an about amendment
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: proposed by the Labour Party by Diane Johnson um, to for us to adopt the Nordic model um, to with regards to the way that we sort of criminalise sex work so the and and one uh, a couple of the speakers actually at the Sisters Uncut meeting were from um, Swarm and mm, Decrim yeah, now yeah. so um,
0: that's the sex worker advocacy and resistance movement
1: yeah. and and that's of all the kind of um people that spoke at that meeting that's the cause i am sort of most familiar with i'm really interested in kind of sex positive feminism and and the full decriminalization of sex work and um the basically what the nordic model does is it it decriminalizes the selling of sex so you aren't going to be prosecuted if you if you are a sex worker but it we're going to criminalise the buying, so we're going yeah, to criminalise the clients, so you aren't allowed to buy sex. And so it's—I've um I've seen it referred to as a neo-abolitionist movement, and I would say if anything, it's got neo at the front, it's bad. Right. That's a bad right. sign. Right. Um, and so it's a way that you can—it kind of—it's this ideology that everyone involved in sex work is a victim that needs to be rescued, Um mm. that it is. It's that everyone has been trafficked and everyone has has be is being abused and we're going to rescue everyone from sex work because we're the sort of benevolent uh, government, and it, the sort of worrying thing is that even though it's a Labour amendment, so n- wouldn't necessarily expect all the Labour amendments to a Tory bill to be included, but this is quite a good way for Patel to say, yes, we're going to look after vulnerable yes. women.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, it's very dangerous. Which
1: is this sort of scary thing. And so to look, that's the...
0: And and, and it's worth saying, I suppose, that, like, what, why... Because on the face of it, again, it, if we talk about veiled language and, and, and things hidden within bills, on the face of it, people see decriminalising sex workers. And if you're a kind of wokey, liberal... Mm-hmm. Um, person then you're gonna go yeah it's brilliant but we need to i first came across this um new conversation when i think the scottish government held a consultation at the end of last year Mm -hmm. talking about adopting the nordic model Mm -hmm. and i i really wasn't aware before then um that you know sex workers around the globe oppose this model absolutely and it's a basic principle of like hearing those that it's going to affect speak and and if you like swarm have loads of um stuff you know outlining why this is wrong and we're talking about yes decriminalizing sex workers but by criminalizing criminalizing the clients this puts sex workers at far more risk far more danger um far less income yep and the the kind of support and and the route out that is supposed to be you know offered as part of this model is often a complete farce anyway yep so we, we have seen from every country that's adopted this type of um, legislation that it is failing. It does not work. Absolutely. It actually further, you know, endangers sex workers. So yep. it's really important that we don't go, give Pretty Patel the opportunity to go, look, I'm amazing and I'm doing this and you can all shut up, you bunch of lefty weirdos. Yeah, We actually need to say, no, we, we're ahead of you here and yep. this is bullshit.
1: Well, that's the thing. So it's like, if you it doesn't take a lot of imagination to think through the Nordic model and find where the flaws are. So yeah. if you criminalise the selling of it, so if you you want to make, as a, someone who wants to buy sex, it's, you are going to make sure that you're going to protect yourself to make sure you aren't in a position to be caught yeah. doing that, which means that sex workers are being forced to work in far more dangerous areas. Yep. They are being forced to, you know, like we're talking about unlet, yeah,
0: and away from the police. Away right? from
1: the police. So we're we're talking off the beaten track, where it's it's it, as as invisible as it can be, which already puts them in an incredibly dangerous. Yeah. And it's it kind of removes their ability to kind of keep themselves safe by choosing the clients that they work with mm-hmm. because they don't have a choice because they've already cut the client list by, by doing criminalizing this. them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And there's things like you you're. You're allowed to be a sex worker and work individually, but if you if you work together, that's cl- that's illegal. So there's been cases of kind of you know three or four women who who work together out of a flat, yeah. and that keeps them all safe. Yeah, they're, community. They're, you know yeah. And that so will criminalise that. So all we do is is separate the vulnerable people. Um, we're still not putting in place any kind of support mechanisms. No. For these
0: people uh, yeah and again it's really interesting like when you mentioned like a flat and people's homes i've seen um things you know again this affects you know a lot of um trans and non-binary people that are working in in the sex industry and already are part of marginalized communities and then come together through a sense of community and support each other because there's so much out in the world that you know that that is violent <laughs> towards them and um, so again we're separating these people further. And also, when we talk about migrant sex workers, you know, uh, uh, under the Nordic model in, I think it was France, um, especially, there's been scenes of, like, people being deported oh, and their homes being taken off them. Yep. And, you know, th- we're talk- talking about a bill that is decriminalising the sex workers, supposedly, but not when they're migrants, not when they're trans people. Not, do you know what I mean? So we're then actively deporting people, criminalising them, you yep. know, for other reasons. Yeah, you know? exactly. Because we know that sex workers an industry in which lots of marginalised communities work. Yep. And that's just the facts, you know? Um So, yeah, this this um, amendment, we can't... Oh, yeah, Labour amendment. Oh, yeah, that looks great. Yeah, let's no. all be dead woke. And no, we not. look it's... at the people that it's going to affect. What are they saying?
1: Well, yeah, and it's so much of this stuff is like... There's a phrase like, nothing about us without us. And I think that's the thing. It's like everyone enacting these bills that are supposed to keep a specific group of people safe with no consultation to the group of people in question. No right. no understanding and from first-hand experience. And this is what we see time experience.
0: and again All with this government. Like, making having conversations in the media about people without the very people that that conversation is about mm-hmm. present. Yep. It's what we see... All the time
1: yep exactly and it's and that's that's why you know meetings like the one that sisters uncut convened are really important because mm. you, you hear the people's voices right of not just someone a couple well not a couple a lot of steps removed mm-hmm. who have never had to make decisions that are they're going to add legislation that are going to make those decisions harder they've never had to consider things like that totally. you know what I mean like it's the, and the, these people there are incredibly kind of proactive, like Swarm and Decrim now, and like National Ugly Mugs. There's lots of organisations that are really clear and um, and and stand and are are ready to be part of conversations and share information. Yeah. You know, it's, you don't have to look hard to find no. these organisations. Hit up Google. Yep. girls. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's like it's another one of those kind of smoke and mirror things where on the face of it, you could see that see it as a kind of uh, benevolent sort of kind um, amendment where that's actually very sinister when you kind of dig into right. it a little bit. And
0: I think this is really important to just briefly say about how we get our information, how we access information. And like, you know, let like me and Kim, like throughout this, well, before the podcast idea came about, but also very much since then, like we've each other shit all the time, right? Yeah. Like, and it's important, like amongst your friend groups and amongst your family you know the other day on my family whatsapp everyone was like posting pictures of their like morning walks and all that and i'm listening i'm here for that like most days but i was like right there's this new bill and it's gonna (laughs) fuck us all read up blah blah but you know i am the one that will say you know we need to talk about this and you know i rung my sister and was speaking about it and it's but again that was me learning because like my you know especially when it comes to violence against women like being brought up and a family of absolute matriarchs has really like informed my experience to kind of sit back shut up and listen yep. and and to be you know aware of, of any experience out with my own and I think ultimately you need we need to be careful about how we source our information and and, and just yeah understand that it's come from the very people that we want it to come from and, yep. and like follow the right insta accounts and whatever and like we'll definitely hopefully after each episode um share, like, a bunch of stuff of, like, where we've kind of got our, our information from. Because, you know, we're not here as um, spokespeople either. We're just here as folk that like to chat about stuff. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, but, yeah, know. there's
1: loads of amazing people doing, uh, on all of these issues, right. doing incredible work, and those are the where we're getting information. I yeah. guess it's that thing of, like, wh- whenever you read a piece of information, you ask yourself who stands to gain from this mm. and what... Who's telling me this, and 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 what is any possible kind of benefit or agenda to this? You just got yeah. to question that stuff, haven't you? Um,
0: and like, I often don't know myself. Like when this bill first came about, I was so overwhelmed after the scenes of the weekend and kind of slightly hungover, and I was like, well, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. Like and and like I I haven't read through it, you know, like you have so bravely, um, but I've been engaged in the conversation, and I know there's people that can help me and i can learn Mm -hmm. from like i've learned from you i've learned from everyone i've spoken to really and and you know sisters uncut what they their statements that they've released like information is there and it's not about you know not everyone straight away is going to be the the brain that goes and puts all the dots together it's about all of us engaging in the conversation as best we can
1: one of the most uh, there was someone from the uh, public interest law center at the sisters uncut meeting and that, that was really amazing so what he talked about and and what i've subsequently kind of had a little look at is the kind of the tips and advice that they are giving to protesters about how you kind of keep yourself safe with right, with yeah, regards this to this yeah, sort of yeah. stuff, um, and so one of the things, that, one of the kind of key things that was mentioned is about um, if you if you are planning to kind of go to a protest is to is to kind of write, basically have the phone number of a solicitor with protest experience yeah. on you, and you um, can
0: find these people in like community um, based law.
1: Yeah, and, stuff, and right? they've they've there's actually there's uh, the Green and Black Cross yeah. uh, website has a big list of them which we can link to, um, and they sent they basically advised that you can write it somewhere on your body yeah. so that you can, can't in, be taken ex- from it can't you, be taken yeah. from it yeah, um, and and kind of related to that just kind of advising not to use the kind of duty solicitor if you're if you're arrested and you're taken to the police station and if
0: you're offered yeah
1: do you want to use the duty solicitor well often they're not going to be kind of uh, experts on protest law and so it's much better to kind of yeah contact one of these kind of listed lawyers that have specific experience um and another thing was to um just remember to to kind of say no comment at all times, um, including all the informal chats, you know, mm. in the van, at the... At yeah, because booked. there's,
0: like, often we've seen at protests, there's, like, the policemen that you can really tell are there. Like, they're they're, they're kind of stand back, you know, making a kind of a, about to kettle you, you know, they're in their square. But um, the kind of, I think they're called, that like community policemen or something, in the blue jackets are they're the ones that relay the information back to the heavy hitters so they are the ones that will come up and be like hey how are you doing and whatever and try and get information out of you as to who's organized the protest why you're here and that's when you really need to remember no comment i've been guilty of it myself where you think they're there for a chat and then you're like wait why the fuck am i chatting yeah. to these
1: you know yep. and because you're we're like hardwired to be polite and just oh, be totally. like oh totally well, yeah 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 shut it um, and yeah so to just keep saying no comment until you've got a lawyer next to you mm-hmm. um, one of the other things is 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 to not accept a caution and this happens a lot where they'll basically offer you a caution so that you can go home so we'll, just, we'll, we'll caution you and then that's it that can be the end of it the, the, the cautions just to remember are they're an admission of guilt and yeah. they go on your record and at the very least, just to take advice from a lawyer before you accept a caution, mm. because uh, you know, just just wait. A lot of this, a lot of the environment. If you if you're a protester, you find yourself you, you've been arrested. That's a really kind of uh, sort of discombobulating environment. It is, yeah, it's chaotic it's, and it's difficult. You feel there's a lot of pressure coming at you, and and you, it's very easy to be pushed into a corner. Yeah, they
0: they want you to to admit yeah, to sort of that panic. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And it's just to like just remember that there are. Systems in place to look after you if you just like hold your head for a second mm. and just like so yeah we'll we'll link to that stuff and also just to remember that if you are kind of stopped and searched you don't have to give any personal details that under any stop and search you don't have to give yeah. any information so it's because you I think there will be a lot of people involved in the like Extinction Rebellion and Black Lives Matter and and the protests around Brexit and that that have. That's the closest their lives will ever have come to criminal activity. Right. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it shouldn't be criminal activity, but that's the closest they're ever going right, they yeah, to get to potentially getting in, in some trouble. And so you're gonna like lose your mind, like if if that happens to you, and you're not going to be armed with all this information because, well, it's so far away from your life experience. Like no. Um. And this is, and and if this bill does go through. Um, actually even if it doesn't I think any kind of protest in the we, next few you, months is going to be yeah, really yeah. really you know it's, it's going to be hard line so it's just to remember that you know you, just to hold firm you know so we we'll, we can link to that stuff and to those, those sure. solicitors that I think are probably very busy at the moment yeah but,
0: um, bloody hell um, well what I thought might be quite cute to, to tailor us into our ending mm. um, was to maybe just share like a few moments of, of bloody fantastic protests that either we've attended personally or just something throughout history that we've read about or experienced or um yeah i don't know Like what 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 great protests stick out in your mind kim
1: i think def one of uh, probably one of the earliest examples where i uh, it, that really kind of resonated were the gorilla girls do you know the gorilla girls no, they' are like an art protest movement so they they were around kind of formed in the early 80s I think and they were they were themselves um artists but th- they wanted to kind of highlight the fact that there were hugely underrepresented women and people of color in the art world um and so they they are an anonymous movement so they wear gorilla masks yeah. um and they if if they're ever kind of um Interviewed or whatever they they use the names of um, famous deceased female artists, so I think the the group ch- personnel obviously changes a lot, but yeah, so there, there's anonymity there. But one of the things that they did was to um, they would go into galleries and kind of leave little little cards, little really beautifully like cursive handwriting cards that were to art art dealers in galleries saying we've 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 noticed that there's there's no one in your collection that is a woman or a person of colour and we know that you'll be very upset about this and, and that you'll rectify it as soon as possible lots of love from the Gorilla Girls um, and they have this really amazing um, like banner that says um, do women have to be naked to get into the Met which was about the fact how oh, many yeah. kind of nude yeah so i'm sure we have literally seen totally.
0: have this fridge magnet on my fridge that is terrible yeah. shout out to my flatmate cara for being <laughs> walked to the gorilla <laughs> girls of course because when you say gorilla masks, i was like i swear i've seen this somewhere before yeah like, there you go ah yeah cool
1: and they've got this love this amazing poster called um the advantages of being a woman artist i remember seeing that i think in the tape um and it's kind of a list of of, of advantages of being a woman artist and one of them is like seeing your work live on in, in the work of others uh the fact that you your career might not pick up until you're eighty, mm. um, you know, like all of, of this beautifully kind of tongue in cheek, like satirical stuff that is like so hard hitting. There's something really kind of like, like cheeky, like little, little yeah, wink yeah, wing, wing,
0: wink, if you know, you know, yeah, you know.
1: and and I I've always yeah, so they've I mean they've been around yes yeah, since the eighties, but th- that's always stuck with me as like, those were people from within assist. Within a system, yeah, they worked in the art world and um, they wanted to keep doing it, but they also wanted to highlight something. Uh, but there's also a really important kind of thing about if they do that, are they going to impact their own careers? Are they going to stop getting calls if they, you know, so this anonymity thing was really interesting. That's probably my earliest kind of, yeah, that really resonated with me. That's great. What about you? That's
0: fierce. Um. Well, there's so, so many, but I think what one, I guess one of, the most poignant examples of, like, protest and solidarity amongst communities for me was after I watched the film Pride, which told the stories of of how lesbian and gays support the miners and the, the mining unions of Wales kind of joined together arm in arm. And that was... I mean, that movement, like, was so pivotal in, like, the Labour Party adopting, like, a structure that would support, you know, the queer community and... Um, for me it was like beautiful like two worlds coming together for me like of not only queer struggle but also and um, the labor movement and working class people and realizing that Thatcher was fucked for both of them you know and, and coming together and being like we need to show up for each other and for me that is exactly how I try and like live my life now like that intersection of identity that like how can I show up for people like we I, i'm just such a firm believer that we all need to show up for each other and like you can't support one person without supporting another it's mm. like so so yeah just very inspired by you know mark ashton and, and all those um folk that were around london at that time and you know we did the aids crisis and Close 28 and like so much going on for the queer community and um then they, they you know started collecting money for the the miners who were on strike and supporting them and initially you know the miners were not the most accepting of, of gay folk, you know, and, um, but they, they grow, they grew to realize that, you know, actually this was a struggle for, for all. And, yeah. and the, the pride march of like, I think it was of 85 was led by the mining unions, um, of Wales. And I just, that was just such a poignant thing for me and, and a beautiful thing. And, um yeah uh, and also like you know i think bronski beat headlined that that um benefit gig which is just you know yeah a, a, a Ideal. brilliant thing um <laughs> but yeah no i just i think that for me was just such a beautiful because i'd been doing a lot of like direct action and kind of like labor movement type stuff and then grew to like find my queer identity more and then was like ah but how do these things come together and intersect, yeah. and then actually realizing like how like you know you can fight against capitalism and, like, strut down Soho and lipstick and a feather boa
1: exactly at the same time. Exactly. And I, I actually think, like, I was... Because, yeah, you, we talked about this a little bit before and I was th- trying to think about, like, trying to pinpoint a kind of... a moment where I felt... Okay, I think a lot of people don't realise the power that they have. I think they don't, oh my they God. don't yeah totally And I was trying to understand, like, where where i found the idea that i felt like i was powerful enough right. to like you know to be right. whatever. and i think you know i was a really pivotal thing is is when scotland got devolution mm. because i was like nine or ten or something when that yeah what happened. year was that i think 97
0: was, yeah yeah how yeah. old were you luca Uh, minus two
1: (laughs) okay Um, I don't
0: I think I I don't even think I was a mere thought
1: (laughs) no you weren't even in the plan you weren't even on the to-do list Um, yeah so that vote went through and it was like it was a real sense of like big Seismic change can happen. Right. Like this is huge, you know. So that, the mic
0: has been passed. Yeah,
1: it's like yeah. some changed. Like the wall has fallen a little bit because they had been a vote in '79. Everyone was like, "No, you're actually no, you're fine. Actually, we don't want devolved power. We're all right." And everyone was like, "Oh Christ, right." And then you know, there's all the always these thing when there's a referendum where then there's the result and people go, "Well, we've asked you the question, and yep. you're not going to be asked That's that question it, ever advice. again." Yeah. Um, and it was like, well, it took almost 20 years, but the question was asked again. And then the answer was, yes, we would like it. Yeah. And then uh, I remember going, there was like school, we were taken on school trips to the parliament building to be to see that being built. I remember like Donald Dewar being the first, the first, first minister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that plants a little seed that like th- these big things are possible. Yes. That didn't exist before, you yeah. know. And I think that, I think it, it created a generation of of kind of more politically engaged people, politically empowered, maybe. Yeah,
0: and I, I think we then seen that again in the 2014 referendum, which I'm sure, I mean, again, we could do a whole episode on it, but that's where my grassroots activism kicked in, mm-hmm. through the Radical Independence campaign and all the beautiful folk I met throughout that. And... I think yeah you find that you actually have a voice that you have a seat at that table you Mm -hmm. know whether it's actually been given to you or not it's it's about you taking it and finding it within yourself like I remember the first time I sat on the road and stopped traffic when parliament voted to bomb Syria you know it Mm -hmm. was fucking pish and rain but I had these people either side of me that had linked arms to me probably didn't even know their names and we were there for a collective cause and Every time I go to a protest, I'm reminded of that sense of unity, of community, and of like activism. That that power that you can have and that right. you can hold, taking up space. You know, yeah.
1: Because it can be, it can feel really frustrating. It can feel really isolating mm. when you you really truly believe something and 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 you you put a lot of energy into something and then it either doesn't work out or you have conversations with people that are so opposed to you and you right. feel. Like, am I on my own here?
0: Especially if you're doing that alone. Yeah, exactly. And
1: then then you realise, no, you're part of this big family of people. And like like your example with the the gay community and the minors, they, on first look, didn't have a lot in common. And then when they stepped back, they found their commonality. And that that brings people together yeah. and it's like we' it's very easy for us all to be in our little silos and our little bubbles we totally. realize we'd like lift our heads up and we realize we're part of this big thing like the the brexit March in London that that I went to was like so joyful yeah like just same, so joyful yeah. you know in the face of real like nightmarish <laughs> like the de- decision making but yeah. it's like it, it really is this beautiful feeling of togetherness. And this that this bill is gonna is is gonna stop it. It's
0: gonna yeah, it's threatening that. Yeah. Majorly.
1: You're gonna have to do it you're gonna have to whisper it. You're not allowed to shout anymore. And you're also not allowed to do it in groups or on your own. Which does Doesn't mean, leave you a lot of options, leave you does it? With a
0: lot of bloody options. Hell.
1: Um so I think we're gonna we're gonna link to all this stuff that we've mentioned. Yes. Um Yeah,
0: I need to lie down. I'm bloody shattered.
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh I don't know. I presume this episode's about eight and a half hours long. So
0: yeah, I mean, yeah, feels feels that. But you know, if you've who doesn't have a spare eight and a half hours in lockdown, you know, it can be a nighttime lullaby. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. Let our soothing voices soothe you to sleep with sort of rage and love. Um, Yeah. So uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, That was Luca Manning.
0: I want to say thanks to Kim for doing this with me and being my yeah my. Amazing partner in crime.
1: And we will um be back soon, hopefully. Um and just remember to be good troublemakers and to think big and to always ask. How not?
0: Also, which we'll probably edit this in, but Shit. also, um it's funny, Kim, because
1: you <laughs> were the weird. one that
0: organized all this. <laughs> Stop it. Um but you should definitely write us an email, yeah. um, positive feedback only. Yes. If you send us negative feedback, you can send it to someone else or we'll send you abuse back. Yeah. Um, what's our email, Kim?
1: Oh, yeah. It is... <laughs> I'll just check with you.
0: Brilliant. Um, we'll put on some jingle music while <laughs> you wait. <laughs> Bit <laughs> of green <laughs> sleeves or something, <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs>
0: also, um, shout out to our beautiful um, tech team of Sam Dye. Who will be listening to our dulcet tones and editing out all the, all the Garbage. shit in the middle? Yeah,
1: yeah. and then it will be a ten minute podcast. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we have an email address, which is hownotpodcast at gmail So like Luca said, it's only positive feedback, and we're not interested in your thoughts if you disagree with us. And we have an Instagram as well, which is hownotpod. Ca- I think that's no, so it's cute. Not. How not pod. Actually. How we not thought pod. It, no, we thought it was that, but then that wasn't available. Oh, fuck. Yeah, what the How Not Pod. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. At the How Not Pod. Yeah. I think that is incredibly cute. Yeah. Um, follow us, please. Please follow us. Goodbye. Goodbye.
1: Okay,